Welcome to the Quantum Corner, where we explore practical quantum metaphysics and positive applications of universal laws. How exactly do we do this? Today, it will be through the inspiring words of our Community Spotlight guest. I'm your host, Cottonwood Stone. Today, we spotlight Judy Register. Judy has been one of my mentors over the past 24 years. She demonstrated for me what a great leader looks like in her role as the director of the Scottsdale Public Library System. Since her retirement, she volunteers extensively with some life-changing organizations, and she's here today to talk about how volunteering has not only changed the life of others, but hers as well. Welcome to the Quantum Corner and the Community Spotlight. And today our guest is Judy Register, who is one of my mentors from the Scottsdale Public Library. And so we were just having a conversation a few minutes ago and Judy, you were telling me about how when you worked in the library, you had a vision of some things you wanted to do when you retired. And these are wonderful volunteer aspects of your life now. And I would love for you to share what they are and how you came into doing them, what inspired you to do these particular things. It is so great to reconnect with you, Cottonwood, and to, as we've been doing, sharing some memories. When I was working full-time, I volunteered then in the community. I very, very much believe in in giving back. And I've been very fortunate in getting a good education and having had, uh, as library director, the perfect job, as I look back on it. (laughs) But I also knew that when it came time to retire, that I didn't want to just stop and not do anything uh, with my life. I wanted to to try some other things. And so I um, a couple of things that I would think about back then, well, one of them was being a court appointed special advocate or CASA, as we're called. Oh, okay. Yeah. For children in the uh, Arizona foster care system. The CASAs are trained very heavily. We have to pass background checks. I even had my first and only lie detector test as part (laughs) of being a CASA. Until then, I had only seen them done on television, but I actually (laughs) went through one. We get the opportunity to select the children who are in the, the system, who are in the custody of the Arizona Department of Child Safety. And uh, I've only been a CASA for a year. In my first case, I selected two uh, little children. They're now five and six, and their biological mother and father's parental rights were severed in December. They live with their grandmother, and so now they're going through adoption. It's been a very interesting experience. I I can't specifically remember how I learned about CASAs back uh, when I was working at the library. 
but it always just stayed with me as a um, put it in the back of your mind, Judy, for something you could do when you retire. I am doing that now. And as this case goes to uh, adoption, I'll be looking for another case. And I think this time I'm going to go with a teenager. I'm also on the Committee on Character and Fitness for the Arizona Bar. That one I knew nothing about. That came to my attention from a man who I got to know when I was library director. Okay. Who was in the process of trying to ensure that there was more diversity on nonprofit boards and commissions. And over the years, he's asked me to apply to various boards and commissions. And the uh, Committee on Character and Fitness was one of them. I decided to do it because I'm really interested in the law. And now, while we don't, as a committee, do anything related specifically to the law, I have uh, enjoyed serving with, there are those of us on the committee who are not attorneys, a third of us, and two thirds are attorneys from various backgrounds. So it's been interesting learning things from, from them. The third thing is taking advantage of my background in English, and I edit grants and speeches and writings for the head of uh, an organization called Helping Hands for Single Moms. I've been doing that now about 11 years with that organization that I very much support. Reaching out into the community, that was always going to be something that I would do. And it's just a matter of looking for what might I do next. I know not to get too overly committed, (laughs) (laughs) but just to have a plan B in place. (laughs) I know it sounds like it could take up more time than a full-time job. You know, in some ways it can. That's why I'm kind of careful about how, what I agree to. For example, I, in all the volunteering I've done over the years, I am not good at fundraising. As a Girl Scout back in the dark ages, I wasn't good at selling cookies. That has not changed. And so... (laughs) I still can relate to that. (laughs) I just, I could not do that. As an adult, I'd rather, if I had to do fundraising, I'd rather go ahead and pay for everything I'm trying to sell or uh, (laughs) the tickets to buy than for me to try to sell them. So in looking for volunteer opportunities, (laughs) it has to be something that does not require the (laughs) committee or board member to go out and raise money. So uh, I'm careful about what volunteer activities I take on. (laughs) Were there parts of each of these that the volunteering that you do that you'd had some kind of experience with that drew you or if not, what drew you to these? Funny you should bring that up because that same gentleman who has led me to volunteer organizations also recently asked me to apply to serve on the board for the 
Desert Preserve in, in Scottsdale, even though I don't live in Scottsdale anymore. But I found that I wasn't particularly interested because there was no direct relationship to people. Mm-hmm. So I think those, those three organizations that I volunteer for now, two of them have a direct impact to me. Helping Hands for Single Moms. I was a single mom, but I was very fortunate that when I did become a single mom, I already had an undergraduate and graduate degree. I had a great job with benefits that I could put my children on. I wasn't trying to, to go to school and work and care for my children. So I could really relate to the difficulties that our moms go through in trying to to go to school, get themselves out of their minimum wage jobs and into professional organizations, just as a bit of a commercial for Helping Hands for Single Moms. We have graduated in the past 15 years, I believe it is, more than 100 registered nurses who have then gone into that field in Arizona, so they were available when the the pandemic hit, oh, of course, nice. before the pandemic. But I'm very proud of us doing that to help the community. The CASA position, I think I relate to in some ways because my childhood was not the best. My father died when I was very young. My mother had substance abuse issues, alcohol, and yet I overcame all of, of that. And so I, I think that the kids in the foster care system who might face that kind of childhood could benefit from a mentor who understands what it is that, that they may be going through, as opposed to a mentor who may be very good, but had the perfect childhood. That relatability, I would think that would be critical and that, that they would feel safer. Exactly. Yeah. With sharing and yeah. not feeling that they will be judged somehow because of being in circumstances that they had no control over Yeah, and had no way to change, but they could have a helping hand in their future and moving out of the situation they find themselves in, especially those who are aging out of the foster care system. I'm kind of interested in that now. Instead of the little guys, I I think I'm kind of interested in those who are like 15 to 18. And there's also an extended foster care programs so we can help them to get settled into their next lives. So I picked that one because of that. I relate to that. Are these three organizations, are they Arizona specific or are they national? The Helping Hands for Single Moms was founded in Arizona, but we now have an affiliate in Dallas because a member of the board of directors who works for a very wealthy organization 
<laughs> moved to Dallas and had the uh, resources to start a part there. The vision was to see it grow because it's kind of unusual, uh, a unique organization. Mm-hmm. But right now, it primarily serves the Phoenix metro area. We also had one in Tucson for a while, but then it was taken over by a Tucson-based organization. Okay. The CASAs nationwide, there is a CASA organization in every state for every state foster care organization. For the bar, that's also nationwide. Each state has little, some differing requirements for admission to the bar, but they all have a character and fitness committee. So it's also national. The reason I was asking, I want to make sure to put these organizations perhaps if they have a website, a link to their website in the show notes so that if others listening are so inspired to look into them, they would have that resource. We can make that resource available to them. Oh, Cottonwood, that would be so wonderful, especially for CASAs. And there is a a national CASA database. And from there, you can get links to your state CASA. For Arizona only, There are, I think, between 14 and 15,000 kids who are in the custody of the uh, Department of Child Safety. Uh, But there's only, I think now, about 4,000 CASAs. So nationally, I'm sure that the numbers are, are pretty similar. Even getting the word out about a CASA and what a CASA does might inspire others across the country, to look into it, to become mm-hmm. a CASA. Even some of the CASAs who were, the new CASAs who were in my training group worked. And this was something they would do in their spare time. Being a CASA doesn't really take that much time, frankly. As long as we're available to meet with our kiddos a couple of times a month during the pandemic, it's all been on Google Duo. <laughs> Right. When the weather got really nice here, I started meeting mine at the park to be outside. And we go to court with yeah. uh, them as their court dates come up. It does not take a huge amount of time, but it's so, so needed. It's there's just it's kind of like having foster parents. There aren't enough foster parents either. But that, of course, takes a, a huge commitment. Being a CASA doesn't take commitment. I like to think of it as if I could just have a a little bit of influence over the children who I'm a CASA for, and they know that there's an adult who will be around the entire time that they're in the system, unlike their case managers. My positive children in one year had seven different case managers. The CASA stays all the way through. When we commit to a case, we commit to staying with that child or children until they're out of the the system. And that provides that sense of stability that they may not have with case managers 
even foster parents, their own biological parents or parent, the casa is that their rock, their person through all that they go through. When I was volunteering for Hospice of the Valley, the new song program. Yeah. That's one of the things that the consistency, Mm -hmm. everything else is chaos in the world. And when the children, when they can rely on that consistency, it helps them be stable. It's the same thing. I didn't know you had done that. Yeah. Beautiful organization. I've heard that that would be a tough one for me, but uh, oh, God bless you for doing that. I worked with the adults who brought the children. (laughs) The adults are often the spouse or parent of the one who died that they're there for or the caretaker of the child and any of those roles that, that they are they still are going through the grief. Right. And just that there's somebody there that they can call that's not, you know, a, a healthcare professional is giving their time to, to be a, an ear for mm-hmm. them. That's tremendous. I might have to look into that one. Yes. I, oh. I like that. Even the consistency of the food that they had each, each time there was a gathering, they said everything that they could do to make a consistency was one less thing the child had to think about. And when you're telling me how many case managers they have, I would never have guessed that. I would think that like just like you are consistent through, that they would have someone who would be consistent through with them. I'm glad that you are able to provide that. If I've learned anything being as involved as I am in the child welfare system now is that it's broken. And that's, I'm not just speaking of Arizona. It's a national issue. If I can give a few hours a month and help in some small way, I, I don't mind doing it. Basically you would recommend volunteering for those kind of things, right? <laughs> I would highly recommend. I, I have friends, couple, husband and wife that I've known basically since I moved to Arizona in 1981, who are now both retired. And I've been trying to encourage them to (laughs) become CASAs. They haven't yet taken me up on it, but I'm I'm not going to give up. Yeah, I would strongly urge more people to look into doing it. The greatest amount of time, frankly, that I put into it in the past year was in the training. Yeah. Because it took several hours and and it's probably like training in, in anything. I've learned more since doing it. The the training was just the starting point. Right. Actually having a case and going through the court process and writing the reports, I've learned a lot. And of course, I feel more confident now than I did a year ago, but I, I would highly recommend it. And, and I would be more than happy to speak to anyone who you might come across who seems interested okay. in doing it. 
we can talk and I'll share what I've learned. I hope I've given the grandmother of the, the children who are in the system have told me that there's so much that she couldn't have done without me helping her out. And she says it with sincerity. And so I believe her and, and I just want to be that kind of help to others. Some of the children who I might take their case won't have a biological relative in their life at all. They could be in a group home or a foster care situation that maybe isn't going too well. You know what? Now that I talk about it, it's almost like what I would have wanted as a child myself. I did feel that I had that rock, that person that was my person to to go to and talk to about anything that I was feeling. I was I was very shy and introverted anyway. Well, I'm still introverted, but uh, (laughs) I've learned to be more outgoing in the from the jobs certainly that I've had but maybe I just want to be that because I didn't have one I want to be that for for other children who maybe don't feel that they have that consistent adult in their lives I have no doubt that they appreciate that because I know your character and who you are at least from when working at the library if you are half of that to them, you're making a big difference. Oh, thank you. You, uh, you flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm going to let everyone know in the show notes where they can get information. And if any of you listening want to connect with Judy to learn more, my email and my website will also be there and you can reach out to me and then I'll make the connections that way. Very good. Thank you so much. I've loved hearing where life has taken you and it's such a gift to talk again. It was great talking to you too, Cottonwood, and thank you for finding me again (laughs) so we can get caught up a little bit. A little bit more each time. Thank you so much, Judy. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for being here today. To get involved with the National Court Appointed Special Advocate Program, also known as CASA, or with the Committee on Character and Fitness, and or with Helping Hands for Single Moms, details can be found in the links in the show notes. Volunteering is so important and there's so many organizations out there that really could use your help. Please consider volunteering your time for an organization with whom you deeply resonate. Are you or someone you know turning passions and dreams into reality? Contact me so that we can get you or them on the show. Contact information can be found in the show notes. Share Quantum Corner podcast with your friends. You can find Quantum Corner on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Until next time, savor the joy of each moment.